and Soul Podcast. I'm grateful you are tuning in today. I'm Shauna Hall, a self-love and mindset coach, teaching you how to align your life through mindset shifts, spirituality, and manifestation. Each week, I'll be giving you tips designed to help you create a passionate, purposeful, high-vibe reality that you love. If you're ready to align your glow, you're in the right place. Let's get to it. This episode is for you if you've ever been curious about psychedelics, psilocybin, ayahuasca, if you're curious about what they can do for you, how to integrate, if you're interested in learning more about our bodies and chakra system, and really if you're just curious about alternative methods of healing, this is going to be your episode today. I interview Miranda Veers who is a coach and a mentor, but most importantly, she is doing amazing work when it comes to psychedelics and integration. Tune in today. It's a little bit longer, but I promise you there are so many beautiful things we go over. Take a pause if you can't listen to the whole thing and come back to it. I loved it and I hope you do too. Enjoy. All right. Welcome, Randa Beers, aka the Psychedelic Mama. So excited to have you on the podcast today. Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to chat with you. So I always start with the same question for all my guests. How do you align your glow and soul? How do I align my glow and flow? It is a lot of self-love, a lot of self-care with some psychedelics tapered in there. (laughs) love it which is what we're gonna dig into but before we even get on that subject tell uh, me a little bit about you know your spiritual journey how you have arrived to this present moment in your your life beautiful sure yeah I like many humans navigated um, childhood thinking that everything was just the way it was and um Turns out there were some things in there that were not quite so normal and left me in my teen years looking for love in all the wrong places and not really cultivating good communication and relationship skills. And of course, mental dis-ease was playing a part in there. I went through some traumatic things, um, losing loved ones and and, and definitely um, some, some sexual abuse um, from others as well as um, on, onto myself, right? The things that we allow into our circle and um, really just sat early on in life with um, a, a deep-seated depression. And through my 20s, it was it was there as well. Um, I dabbled on and off with, with pharmaceuticals. Um, I had my first son when I was 22. My husband and I weren't married. Our relationship never really was we didn't have a great foundation, right? We've kind of had to build foundation as we've as we've gone. We are still together, um, but we had our first son uh, pretty young, unplanned. And then uh, when we did try to have another child, went through about five years of of not being able to. So that like really just fed into um, you know more mental disease with me. And I did eventually have uh, two more two more children. Um, postpartum depression was a thing with me after all of my kids. And and definitely I was feeling it after my second child. Um, after him, I fostered my nephew for about six months. So it was like having twins, twin babies. And I, um, it was 
it was pretty rough um, dealing with the emotions of postpartum depression while having two young kids and I'd come to the conclusion that um, I didn't, I did not desire more children recognizing where I was at. And then the day after my nephew went home, I found out I was pregnant, <laughs> Surprise! <clears throat> which was um, ironic because we had tried so hard for the second one. And um, so that was a really, uh, that really brought on a lot of, and brought up a lot of shit with me during that pregnancy. And after I had him, I began ultimately what I'll say now collecting pharmaceuticals from my doctor. And um, so that was in 2012. I hit rock bottom in 2016. Um, at that point in time, I was on uh, six different pharmaceuticals. I was on antidepressants and anxiety. I was on um, high dose of Norco for, for um what was later diagnosed as ankylosing spondylitis. So it was on, you know, on, on back pain that they basically said was in my head, but here, take these narcotics for it, you know, and there was a muscle relaxers and Motrin's and um, I was on 90 to 120 milligrams of Adderall a day. And so like, I was on some shit that shouldn't have been combined in, in hindsight, it's like, no wonder I was a mess and I was a mess. I was, um, I was completely numb other than rage and, I was I was verbally and, and mentally abusing the people that I love most, including my three boys and my husband and, and myself. And um, I had a part of me that was very present witnessing this, and yet I couldn't change it. I, I didn't have the capacity to change it. I went to the doctor. I thought that was what we were supposed to do. I went to the counselors. I thought that's what we were supposed to do. And those things um, really ultimately only made things worse for me. And in April of 2016, I, I came to the conclusion that I had two choices. I could either continue on um, as I was and pray to God that my family forgave me someday and I could forgive myself, or I could remove myself from the planet. And yes, my kids would deal with the trauma of losing me, but they could at least begin to heal from the abuse and it would stop, right? Like they could hopefully find something better and and I had no logic feeling in that moment to see that there were other choices. Those were the only two choices in my, in, in the capacity that I had. And, and I chose the latter and I was moments away from making that happen. And um, really nothing short of, of, of mystical intervention, intervention, divine intervention was a, a voice um, that sounded very much outside of myself. And, and now I recognize was very much within myself very deeply. Um, that just asked who I was without all these pharmaceuticals and, you know, the, you know, the viewpoint that our bodies were not meant to have all that stuff in and, um, and it wasn't just the pharmaceuticals, it was shit food too, like all of the things that I was putting in my body and, um, the invitation was to quit what I was doing and that I would find a natural way and to try that, like that I owed it to my kids and I owed it to myself to try that and, um, I, I took it very literal and I put everything I was on cold turkey, which ensured that shit got far worse before it got better for me. Um, but I was determined. I, I was I was very determined to find a better way and then to support other people in navigating what I was experiencing in, in those depths and of, of despair and, and desperation and feeling so alone. Right. And um, so I, yeah, I began my natural healing journey and you know, breath work, meditation, uh, self-compassion. Um, I did some neurofeedback for, for like brain training for ADHD symptoms. Um, 
I dove into nutrition and this is where the where where a big shift like really the most noticeable shift I'll say because they were all big shifts but the most noticeable shift um to that point was was nutrition and about two weeks into changing what I ate I actually wanted to live and it I couldn't remember the last time I felt that way and I I was so happy and yet I was so pissed off that nobody ever stopped over the years and asked me what the hell I was eating all these pharmaceuticals and nobody asked me what I was eating and so I finished that 12-week program and by the end of it I was enrolled in the Institute of Transformational Nutrition and became a nutrition specialist um but I knew deep down like that was not what I was looking for I wanted to live but the depression was still there but I just I I had glimpses of blue sky right I was like oh maybe this doesn't have to suck right maybe I can hope for something more than just suck less and and so um, I kept looking and in November of that year, I, I by chance came across, um, I was doing some research on DMT for a friend and I came across the word ayahuasca. And instantly when I read the word, I had a full body response and I knew that's what I was looking for. I knew before that it was available to um, you know, the public, that there were retreats. Like in my mind, I'm like, I am going to wander through the jungle until I find a shaman who's going to who's going to give me this medicine. And um, so I, I began my research in, in November and I utilized some of my, not my, but some beautiful ADHD um, symptoms of hyper-focusing. And I hyper-focused on research for months and um, not so much into the woo-woo aspect of it at that point in time or the mystical aspect of it at that time. I was very much into the, the studies that were already being done, the fact that they were using it to rehabilitate prisoners in Brazil and with success and the what it was doing to the brain, right? And that's that's what got me the scientific aspect of things. And so I watched all of the things, the documentaries, the studies, the podcast, read the books. And um, in April of 2017, so a year after I hit my rock bottom, I found myself on an airplane flying to Colombia to sit in a maloka with a shaman with jaguar teeth around his neck to drink one of the strongest psychedelic brews on the planet. Um, and it was the best decision I have ever made in my life. It was a 10 day journey, um, three ceremonies with Yahe, which is Colombian ayahuasca, and two ceremonies with Wachuma or San Pedro cactus. Um, and I came home and between that and the six weeks of, of, of self-integration work I was doing, um, I've really not ever been able to resonate with depression since then. And um, so a lot of a lot of things, I don't understand what happened to me on that journey, but I do understand that whatever was released were things that that did not serve m where I was going in life and they needed to be released. And um, I mean, I certainly have some ideas of some of the shit that I left behind. And there was a lot that I can't explain and I don't try to explain. And, um, you know, with that being said, I do continue. I've continued my work with these substances. So 2018, I went, I'm still doing my own personal work down to Peru for a 14 day ayahuasca uh, retreat with six sessions and six journeys. And um, I did a lot of deep healing here and I, and I was given a lot of things to navigate a lot of, I call them laundry baskets of things to fold, right? So it was a little overwhelming, I won't lie. And, and I didn't have a proper integration support. So um, coming back from that one was challenging. But a few important things that I did gain from that journey, um, a lot of important things, but the main things that I took away right away were um, build a group and be a bridge. 
And so this message was very strong and I've spent a long time figuring out what that meant. And I finally have figured out what that meant. And, and then also along with that was these medicines are beautiful and yet not everybody can jump on an airplane and fly down to South America to sit with ayahuasca. Um, ayahuasca is not for everybody by all means. Um, and, and ayahuasca doesn't want to be for everybody it's for sustainability purposes, you know. Um, but I was shown that mushrooms really are the people's medicine. Mushrooms are something that are, um, they're on every continent but one. The spores survive in space. Um, these, these are substances that literally are within everybody's reach. They're extremely safe. Um, they're so that they're accessible. Um, and they work, right? So they work. And studies are finally showing what, what, you know, many indigenous cultures knew a long time ago and what many other humans knew a long time ago that that these substances work for many, many things from mental dis-ease to, um, to recovery, to, to spiritual awakening, to um, now they're tapping into, you know, you know, studies on, on different neurological um, diseases and things like that. I mean, if it's out there, there's studies being done around it with psilocybin and other, other substance, psychoactive substances at this point. Um, so yeah, I, I spent 2018, 2019 cultivating this relationship with mushrooms on a personal level. Um, I certainly had a, a recreational relationship with them prior to that, but this really cultivated my my uh, my spiritual relationship with them. And um, I also continue my work with with Yahe. I've been back down to Colombia. I went down again in 2020, and then three times in 2021. And um, a kind of a preparation of, of I guess, launching, if you will, this movement, this emerging soul movement of humans who um, are looking for for different approaches to navigate whatever it is they're they're going through, you know, and in, in yeah, with with these beautiful substances and doing it in a in a safe way, uh, because they're not miracle cures. There's work that goes along with them. They're they're tools. They open up a door for you, and they can show you some things, and it's it's and they illuminate things and and then it's your it's up to us to evaluate what what we're being shown or what we're seeing or whatever um and and then to create things that move us more into alignment with who we want to be or eradicate the things that are keeping us from the person who we want to be right and so so where i kind of show up into this is supporting people in that process right keeping a safe space for them to explore with um, whatever substance, you know, they're, they're choosing to explore safely with, um, and then guiding them through that integration process, you know, so beginning with, you know, intake and taking information about the process and taking, um, you know, an intake form to make sure everything is safe to move forward with and, and then setting intentions, you know, like, why is somebody moving, moving into the space? What do they hope to get out of working with these substances? What do they hope to know, be, do, or understand through the process, right? Something tangible. How will we know if this worked for us? And then we move into the in-space portion where it's, it is working with um, what I call the supplements or the teachers, right? Um, and then and then moving into that integration, which is such a key piece, and it's really not optional for sustainable change in, in the space if we actually want to make changes in our life and not just have a cool experience. Wow. Uh, I just want to, first of all, honor you for your journey and for sharing um, that incredible, incredible journey. Um, and thank you for, you know, changing your life because you're doing some awesome work. And I think it's 
everybody's um, gone through some sort of trauma and pain and to be able to turn that around the way you did and, and really step into your, to your, uh, your embodiment of who you are. is just amazing. Um, so thank you for that, uh, that, that journey that you shared. Um, and thank, thank you for holding, holding a space for that. I appreciate, appreciate the opportunity to share. Um, one thing that I, I didn't tell you prior to us chatting is when we first talked, you talked about integration. I was like, oh yes, I love that you're talking about this. And I just uh, viewed your Facebook and saw you attended a, uh, uh, an event with, Ta- um, I think you pronounce his first name, Taj Cole. Um, and talk about alignment and how everything is meant to be. So prior to us chatting, you know, about a month ago, I actually listened to a podcast with him. And that's when I really was like, oh, because I've been really curious about psychedelics and plant medicine. And he was the first person that I ever heard talk about integration. And then you attended his events. sounds like multiple times. And I was like, oh my gosh. So this is this morning I found this out. And I was like, the universe literally always has a plan. Things always line up the way they're supposed to. And that is just so freaking awesome. So I just wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah. So it's actually, so Ta is, is um, partner to Cole and they kind of come together for Ta Cole. Yes. And have bio integration, um, you know, um, yeah, their integration, they're, they're my mentors. They're, they're my family, quite honestly. I began working with them and in 2018 on a personal level. And then when they moved into supporting um, people who want to support, I was all in when they launched their program um, last May. Um, the condor approach is, yep. is like kind of the basis of what, of what my, you know, where I get everything on my, not everything, but the basis of my training comes from. And I'm one of their um, master coaches. I'm honored to be one of their first master coaches. And yeah, they're, they are absolutely amazing for anybody who is just looking to learn on a, on a personal level or anybody who is thinking about stepping into supporting humans in, in the psychedelic realm one way or the other, um, you know, whether that's just through integration or facilitating or trip sitting or whatever. I can't recommend their, their program, the Condor Approach enough, honestly. It's, it's an amazing. And I'm happy to answer any questions for anybody that has questions about that. I love it. Let's kind of jump into a couple of um, other modalities that you integrate into your coaching that I'd love to touch upon. And then I want to really jump into psychedelics and psilocybin. Um, But let's talk about um, Reiki and chakra mapping, which are two of some things that I integrate, but would love to hear your approach with your clients and how it supports them on really aligning with them with themselves. Yeah. So, um, ironically, I mean, I do use body mapping in my Reiki sessions, but the body mapping goes more with the tracking process when I'm working with clients on like microdosing and psychedelic aspects of things. Um, and then Reiki, I do um, locally here, and then I also do virtual sessions there. Um, I do really you know, our body keeps the score, right? So when we can tap into the body and we can start paying attention to the signs, the signals that our body's giving us, the sensations, regardless of how, how even if it's just like, you know, a little, um, I don't know, a little scratch or, or something, you know, like our body is giving us signals. It's full of signals. And when we can start tracking what those signals are telling us, um, and then we can overlay like a chakra map 
and we can start seeing, you know, patterns. So, so an example I use often is when I first started this process, I was having a lot of shoulder pain. I had something that was um, diagnosed as costochondritis. I was having um, like a lot of pain in my sternum and a lot of pain behind in between my shoulder blades. And um, so body mapping all that, or uh, yeah, yeah, body mapping all that, I, you know, tracked it on a, on a body and, and so, hey, there's this pattern here, like all of this, these sensations around the heart chakra, right? They overlay the chakra map and it's like, all right, that's heart chakra area. And I can take what I know about the heart chakra in particular, like when it's developed and, and that type of thing. And I can say, well, for me personally, and for all of us, it develops around age seven. So we ask like, okay, what's, what's going on in life around age seven, right? And for me, I can go back and it's and that's like right around the time that like, like, like my, my parents divorced and, and, you know, there was, there was changes at home, you know, within that period of time. And, and so I knew that I had my body was holding things potentially from that experience. And in my case, it, it was, it was accurate. I had work to do around, you know, becoming a, a you know, a, a, having parents that were divorced and. So it's like this beautiful roadmap of maybe potentially finding what our body is actually holding. You know, a lot of us are like, wow, we're so, I feel stuck. I've done all this work. Um, I meditate. I, I do the things and like, I just feel stuck. And, and so when we can start tuning in a little bit deeper and create intimacy within our body and listen to what it's telling us, we can, we can find um, where the body's holding things and potentially what it is. We don't always have to know what it is to be able to work on releasing it, right? I didn't need to know exactly what my heart chakra was holding for me to begin working on my heart chakra and things like Reiki are amazing. You know, when I go into a Reiki session, I don't need to know what somebody's holding. I just feel where the energy is, you know, blocked or overactive and I can I can do the work from there. So like Reiki is a beautiful thing um, to help support, remove, you know, support our chakras. We can, I mean, eating, singing, moving, you know, there's all kinds of things that can support that energetic body. And um, so, yeah, the the body mapping and um, chakra, the body tracking, chakra mapping and, and, and Reiki are all beautiful ways to just really support in in creating that intimacy within our bodies and, and supporting releasing it. I, or not some things we may we may not we may not want to release some things and that's okay too right but the information the information sometimes of knowing what's there you know there's some things where it's like I, I'm not ready to release that and it's okay but but just knowing that that that's maybe what I'm holding there and I'm holding it now by choice can change how we move forward right if that makes sense yes absolutely and I love that you mentioned our body keeps a score, which is actually a book. I'll put it in the show notes because I that's on my list to read. But I think from what I've heard, it's a phenomenal book. Um, I think we as a society struggle to listen to our bodies, to actually recognize, you know, you, I think really nailed it when you said, you know, you were talking about the heart chakra and the work that you needed to, there's always a why behind what's going on in your body, whether it's gut issues or back pain or shoulder pain, it's all related to some inner trauma or some inner blockage. And we just don't even listen to our intuition half the time, let alone our bodies. And we, you know, we eat these foods that are just pure garbage and we 
um, intake all kinds of over-the-counter medicines, which is a whole nother topic, a whole nother podcast. (laughs) And we basically silence ourselves and our inner knowing to what we actually need to face. And then we distract ourselves with other things, right? Social media, Netflix, blah, blah, blah. Um, So for those individuals who have a very hard time you know, pausing, slowing down and listening to your bodies. Where do you start with those folks? Pausing, slowing down, listening to your body. Yeah. Where do I start with those folks? It really is creating the habits, patterns and rituals to support us in that. Um, You know, microdosing can support. I have many clients who do utilize microdosing for support in that. And I say for support because we still have to we still have to make the conscious choice to slow down and pause, right? We learned something in the condor approach called the SOS. And it's, and part of that, the the first part of that is pausing, pulling back and taking a physical scan of our body, right? So um, microdosing can support in the aspect of it, it quiets the default mode network, which is the part of the brain that can, it's very important for many things. In addition to those important things that also lives like, in the past and in the future, which can keep us on the go or keep us stuck. So it quiets that part of the brain and increases neuroplasticity in other parts of the brain so that we're, we're, we're moving through our day with a, a very subtle, like different perspective, different thoughts with, you know, um, making it a little bit simpler for many to then move into creating and eradicating those new habits, patterns, and rituals that that serve or eradicating the ones that don't. Ooh, that's so that's something I, as I said earlier, I've been really um, learning more about psilocybin and microdosing. And I had listened to a podcast about that exactly and how psilocybin and, and microdosing, and it's like, you know, a true microdose, you know, a 10th of what you would take if you were in a ceremony. And um, the, the, uh, the person that was doing the podcast talked about how you shouldn't even know, you know, it shouldn't have, have affects you in the ways where you're tripping. It's really, as you said, a way to just rewire your brain chemistry. So you are more present. You are more, um, you're more able to, you know, um, integrate with the individuals around you, be present with your own emotions. And I just thought that it's just phenomenal. Like if we all just did that and instead of, you know, went out and drank or um, did all these other various drugs, which, you know, there's a time and place for everything, but you know, we're using these other things, I think in a way to escape our own realities versus just leaning into our present selves. So I love um, that you teach that and integrate that. Um, is that where you really start with individuals who are looking to, either um, dabble in um, plant medicine or ceremony, or, you know, how do you determine who is the right fit for even microdosing? Sure. So I start um, with a client that, so some people do prefer to kind of ease in with microdosing, more of that subperceptual experience over the course of time. Um, And then there are many people who prefer more of a, what I'll say is a, a hard reset, right? And those people prefer to dive in with, um, larger doses. And I, I support in that space too, where I find people are making in, in particular, my own clients over the course of the last nine months, where they're making the most change is when they're combining um, a macro dose and then supporting that and sustaining it with microdosing. 
It also works the other way around. Maybe they're beginning with the microdosing and easing into it, but then they're after the first protocol or second protocol around or round of it, they're utilizing a macro dose, right? Um, so I, I work in all capacities with that. Um, how do I determine if somebody's a good fit is the intake process that I have is, 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 uh, amazing, quite honestly, <laughs> it's an amazing intake process. And so it's very important to make sure that people are understanding what they're, what they're doing. And we have, so I always offer, um, you know, a free exploration call to, to, to look at the sort of surface things as far as, is this, um, energetically a good fit between us is this really the the substance you know or what substance somebody may want to move forward with what do they have access to my intake form is pretty in-depth we go into um, not only medical history to make sure safety right but then also like a, a human's trauma timeline what have they been through yeah it's important for us to know the things that could potentially come up in space right for for me to be able to support in that space to make sure it's within my scope of practice and that I, I'm capable of supporting in that space, or I can bring in um, a partner, you know, a, a licensed therapist to support me in supporting in that space. Um, but it's also a way for us to have the, the my clients be prepared for the things that may come up for them, right? So it's, it's, it's much easier to sit down and you know, recognize like, okay, this is going to be a hard hour of filling out my trauma timeline. And, and this is going to bring some things up. Um, but I'm pulling them up on purpose in a safe space. I know that there's support there if I need if I do get activated versus, hey, I just took three and a half grams of mushrooms. And I just remembered that this happened to me when I was six years old. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a preparation process of of, of moving through that intake. And then, and then, you know, then there's that other layer of setting intentions, right? So, you know, why, again, why is somebody doing that? And curiosity can be an intention. I have people that, and I, and I've done it too in ceremony. Like my, I don't, I don't have an intention. I just want to go in. I'm going to be open to whatever, whatever the medicine is, is showing me or the power plants or master teachers are showing me um, that I need to move forward with, or that would serve me to move forward with. And that too is an intention to not have an intention, right? So, but, but you can, you know, I can't, you can tell, um, I can, I can learn a lot from somebody in those first two steps and they can learn a lot from me because not all facilitators are for all people. There's a lot of questions to ask facilitators to make sure that there's an alignment there. So between those two processes, that's really how I determine if somebody is a good fit before we move into the in-space portion of, of the process with me. I love that. I work in mental health and uh, although I'm not a clinician at the moment, that's my next goal, but it's, I think it's so important to not just to have people jump into these things without understanding where they are in the present moment. What have they not processed? So, you know, it's amazing that you are so responsible in your work because not everybody is. So <laughs> thank you for, you know, being, doing your due diligence and utilizing resources if you need to, because, you know, I've heard people who have had horrible experiences because they had stuff come up during ceremony and they didn't know, right. You said like, they didn't remember that this even happened. And it's like, oh, that's, you know, that probably wasn't the right step for you um, to just jump right into something without being able to support that in the background. Something you yeah. spoke about earlier, um, which I would love to dig into is you said, how do you know if ayahuasca is for you? And so, you know, we're talking about microdosing as kind of like a base step and maybe 
somebody desires to use ayahuasca, how do they know, you know, I've always heard ayahuasca will tell you, she will call to you. She will, you will know, but for somebody who doesn't know how to recognize even that, you know, how does somebody know that that's a good uh, resource for them? You'll know. (laughs) (laughs) You'll know. Um, Ayahuasca, Yahe, um, really, really, I found that all of the the power plant and master's teachers will call to us if we listen. Um, Ayahuasca in particular, um, I could not stop thinking about it. Um, I would, I would, I would have dreams. I would, um, I would be in a moment of despair and it would just kind of wash over me. Like, um, I'm calling you. I, you're like, this is, there's, there's support here for you. Um, yeah, there's, I wish I had a better answer to that for you other than what everybody says. And you'll just know, you know, you get, it's, it's a, it's a deep seated, it's a deep seated feeling of, of knowing that there's something else out there and whether it's ayahuasca, whether it's psilocybin, um, whether it's, it's MDMA, um, whether it's, you know, LSD, LSD is another beautiful tool that often gets overlooked because it's not, you know, it's not, it's, it is, it is partially synthetic, right. And it is a very powerful thing. I mean, even cannabis honestly is so, um, misunderstood in many ways and has a beautiful call and has beautiful teachings and, and, and healings and so forth. We just, we just don't understand. Many don't understand how to utilize and and to listen. Right. I think listening and well, I say this several more times, listening is just the key to everything. And, you know, I use cannabis, you know, several times a week, but I've had some amazing um, inner work when I have, you know, just paused, you know, sat in the bath or shower and really just allowed myself to go on whatever journey that I'm going on. Um, and it's been awesome. And, you know, I think you're right. People just either, they're not educated, they're afraid, they just don't know what they don't know. And that's why, you know, I really wanted to do this episode because I think it's important for people to know that there are some, you know, plant medicine is, one, it's natural um, and it's not processed from some massive pharmaceutical company that is trying to make billions, trillions of dollars on you and keep you sick. You know, these, these resources are from earth and they've been used for thousands of years. And so I think it's, you know, there's many people like you who are doing this work, but you know, it's going to take a lot more to help individuals on this journey because we have the resources available. We just don't know about them. And so um, you mentioned LSD, which I'm actually not super knowledgeable. So I would love to learn more about that and how you, you know, use that if you do in your either retreats or sessions or anything. Yeah. So I, I've never done an LSD retreat. I've, I've uh, only facilitated a psilocybin retreat, but I am moving into that space. The... Yeah, so I'll leave that as that as, as far as why I'm just now moving into that space, right? But it's beautiful substance. It's actually where I started my psychedelic journey um, at the age of at the age of fourteen, uh, and lo and behold, I didn't recognize what I was doing. I thought I was being uh, a rebellious child, and um, I actually microdosed through one of my years of, of high school. I don't remember which one it was. It was, I think, probably my sophomore year, freshman year. 
but I, I, I microdose. Okay. To be fair, it was probably more of like a mini dose. <laughs> I feel it a little bit, but in hindsight, I look at it and it was like, I, I thought I was being just, I was going to school. I had to go there. I was going to be rebellious in this, but what was happening was I was more engaged in class. I was doing the work. I was more social, you know, and, and, and so in hindsight, I'm like, my gosh, I, I figured microdosing out then, you know, <laughs> by accident, <laughs> by accident. Yeah, yeah. And I certainly had a recreational uh, relationship with with LSD throughout high school, and um, but then fell into kind of you know some of the the, the dogma of the, the inaccurate information that was put out there to scare us, like it makes your brain bleed, and and it does not to do that at all. <laughs> In fact, it helps build new neural pathways, just like psilocybin. It works on the similar um, pathways as psilocybin. So the 5-HT2A receptor, which is a receptor about like um, learning and unlearning and, and like adaptability and exploration and creativity. And um, so there's, there's beautiful um, things that can come out of LSD. One of the things that I, I personally found about LSD is it can support um, as can psilocybin microdosing, but I, for myself, um, microdosing LSD supports a little bit more with symptoms that go along with ADHD because it's where psilocybin is this, like, um, what I would say a feminine energy, more of a flow of creativity, um, beauty. Um, I would say LSD is more of a masculine energy, more of a, um, a direction, more of a get it done type thing. So, so if, if there's like a project or something like that, like I, I, I desire that focus to get done. You know, if I'm trying to create said project, I love the creativity and the flow of psilocybin, right? So each of them have different things that they kind of support us with and then pulling let's just pull wachuma into the mix to give a third perspective wachuma is san pedro cactus this is also a a masculine energy but it's a heart opener energy so it impacts differently than than what like the masculine energy of lsd which would be more of i would call body um or body or mind entry point um wachuma would be more of a of a, a heart entry point, psilocybin maybe more of a spiritual entry point. Oh my gosh, I love it. All right, now I have to go down the rabbit hole and go explore LSD. <laughs> One thing you just said, you were talking about, you know, the misinformation that we're taught. And I remember specifically, I think I was starting my prereqs for my bachelor's degree in psychology. And it was one of my psych classes and my facilitator, which I loved her class. I loved her teachings, but she was showing this video of like, you know, you on all these drugs. And it was this old school video of like, what happens when you're smoking, you know, marijuana. And it was at that point, I'd been using marijuana enough to know, you know, like this doesn't happen, but it was this video of this person. And they're like, you know, these flashing lights of like, oh, you, um, you see these hallucinations and your brain is crazy. And I watched this video and I was, I almost started laughing hysterically in the middle of the class. Cause I was like, wow, this is so inaccurate. It's such a scare tactic and it's completely inaccurate to what is actually going on. Yes. If you maybe had that least with something else that was not marijuana, that could happen, but that is not the reality of the situation. So, you know, I think, People also need to know there are 
two types of information out there. There is actual real information, accurate information, and then there's, yeah, scare tactics to get you to not use these available resources to you. So just a little side note to those on this journey. Be careful where you get your information from. Um, and your government may be the ones giving you the scare tactics. So just because it's a .gov website does not make you accurate information. Oh, that's all another podcast, Joe. We're going to have to, we'll, we'll definitely have another one at some point. Yes. <laughs> Would not agree, like, or totally agree with you on that. That is, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I know that you offer retreats. I believe your next retreat is completely full, but tell us a little bit about your retreats and who they're really for and whenever your next one that is not full is available. Sure. I actually, so my next retreat is in two weeks and I do have, I actually had a cancellation. So I do have one open space September 25th in Michigan. Okay. Um, but uh, ideally, you know, the, 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 the next one will be in um, February, either early February or mid February or very early March. Um, I'm hoping that this one will be in Costa Rica, Jamaica, Mexico. This one will be out of the country. Uh, my retreat, um, cycle is, um, so April will be like mountains. So somewhere near mountains, September will be somewhere near water. And then the winter retreat will be somewhere. Winter retreats will be somewhere out of the country. Right. I love that. Um, yeah, absolutely. And my retreats are really open to really most anybody. Um, there, of course, there's a process to get there. We do go through the intake. We do go through the intention setting to make sure that it's a good fit and, and things like that. But I have um, people who have come that have never done anything beyond having a beer before. And it's their first completely first experience. And then I have people who you know, journey with these substances um, on their own and and are, are looking to just sit in circle. And so um, everybody really is welcome, um, assuming that they're utilizing it as a, you know, as a tool, as a healing or expansion tool and not looking for somewhere to like take a bag of mushrooms and party all night. And that's, that's fine too. That can be, that can be fun too, right? <laughs> Festivals, you know, it's awesome. Find a festival, not my retreat. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> totally. I have been to many fun festivals and yes, it is a- an amazing journey, but yeah, I think a retreat is more, it's a, it's a different type of energy where you do in there. Totally. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, I will have your links in the show notes. And I know we talked earlier and you mentioned that, you know, you're on Facebook, so you can find Miranda on Facebook mainly right now as she's kind of going through the journey of where she wants to, you know, put herself out there the most. Um, in addition to your retreats, what other services are you offering right now? Yeah, so I am changing things up. I'm in a transition period. In October, I'm launching a membership, the Emerging Soul Collective. And this is a collaboration with me and, and 13 other experts in different um, wellness modalities, including nurses, including licensed therapists. Um, this is a place for humans who are going through an awakening or expansion process to navigate and learn about um, multiple different modalities one at a time. So often we get so overwhelmed trying to learn all the things at once. So every month an expert will guide us through a, a 30 day program 
um, you know, so everything from nutrition, fitness, meditation, to human design, to, to um, sexology, to shame dynamics, to um, a month on cacao, working with cacao. That's some amazing, amazing healers in there. Um, but then even outside of each person's month, we create this umbrella of healing all the time. So we have our community. If somebody needs support with something, they can come in there and say, you know, I'm, you know, maybe I'm experiencing, um, um, I'm experiencing anxiety around this. And so you've got 13 practitioners that are going to come in there and support you with 13 different angles, 13 different tools that you can try to, you know, which ones, what am I in alignment with? Right. So that's kind of the the main portion of the emerging soul collective. On the side of that, I'm taking my my microdosing mastermind, which I was only running a handful times a year, and I'm making it an ongoing um, um, mentorship, right? So in three month increments, but but it will open for enrollment every month on the first of the month, and this will be the space for people to come that that are looking for support more in the psychedelic space as well as cannabis space. I'm partnering on that aspect of it, that side of the um, the the mentorship is I'm partnering with Ariane Williams, who is um, the kind nurse. She's a cannabis coach, she's also a nurse. Um, so together between her knowledge and cannabis, as well as, as psychedelics and, and the human body and all of that, um, and then and then my knowledge on the integration and and um, psychedelics and things, we're creating this ongoing um, mastermind, so to speak. Um, and then in addition to that, I support people one on one. Um, with both microdosing, or if somebody wants to work more on a macro level, maybe they want to have um, a, a deeper um, aha moment right off the bat. And I have what I call an expansive space experience. And this is where um, it's kind of a process. We go through the intake, there's there's intake, they're setting the intentions. And then we do a mini dose session, which is just enough to feel it in the body and to, to kind of create a relationship with the strain you're going to be working with. It's an opportunity um, for myself and the client to build that rapport and that safety. Um, our, our minds and our spirits will only go as deep in a journey as our body feels safe, right? So so building that rapport is really important for my clients to go deep um, in their journeys. So that's a beautiful space. And then we move into um, a macro dose or a larger dose session um, where they go deep. And then we move into integration calls after that. Um, and I do that, um, all of my work, I do both in person and then and then also virtually in many situations there are some situations where it's not safe to do that and support people a support person does need to be in the home during the the macro journey um yeah so that's how i support people you know i, I basically i'm supporting people any way they desire support as they're navigating utilizing utilizing these substances of course for legality purposes um, I, I can't, I do not supply substances. So it's, it's people who, um, you know, have, have access and they're looking for deeper support. Um, and I, and I, although I, I, I do not supply, I, I can certainly, if anybody is looking for kind of do's and don'ts on gaining access, um, I, I certainly can support in that capacity. Beautiful. Well, Miranda, thank you seriously so so much I selfishly wanted you on this podcast for many months because I wanted to educate myself even further on the subject but also I really wanted an expert on this subject so people can really feel like they're gaining knowledge that is not there's no agenda behind it right like we really want I really wanted to present this in a way where somebody can you know one if they're on the journey they can learn more or if they've already been on the journey they have a different perspective so 
thank you so much for this beautiful energy exchange. And like I said, I, we're going to be in touch. We'll, we'll have another podcast on some of the other things we didn't get into deeply. Um, and I'm going to do a poll on this podcast, you guys. So if you could just reply, the question will be, did you learn something about psychedelics? So yes or no, really easy. And then of course, I will always say this, please share this and tag us, whether that is on Facebook or Instagram, it does help us grow, reach more people and just, you know, causes that ripple effect. So thank you again, Miranda. And thank you listeners. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I'd love to connect with you. Screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram to be entered in to a $50 Amazon gift card. Please subscribe to be notified of all new episodes and don't forget to glow like you're meant to. Have a fabulous week.